No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. coffee out your nose dude it'd be fantastic real nice of you no I, I still love you and everything but yeah i like that cigarette brother but that'd be funny to see me blow coffee it would really be super funny to see you blow coffee out your nose not gonna do it come on man i'll tickle you while you take a sip i'll snort some coffee that's gross don't do that hey now no simple road family glad you guys are here with us man you, it's really cool this time of the year here 
We're out on the porch this morning, and the sun is shining, and there's birds chirping. I don't know if you guys will be able to hear it. Listen. I don't even know if that's a that's bird. A that might be a frog. Frogs don't chirp. I know. Frogs ribbit. They, frogs ribbit? I thought they croak. They croak, ribbit. Whatever. But it's cool. There's stuff that's, like, making noise other than my face and apple blowing smoke. Like, that's really neat to hear. Blowing smoke? I'm very truthful. Okay, I take it back. <laughs> but yeah, it's nice out and it's warm. I don't have gloves on and we're having coffee out on we the have porch. Light jackets on. It's nice. Yeah, light jackets. Mine's light black. Jackets. Yours is dark blue. So neither of them are light. Gosh. Anyway, I have no fashion sense. I I beg to differ. I think I have a nice style. It's spring. You're wearing like fall colors, dude. It just it, I wh- it's hard to sit next to you. I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just glad nobody can see us. Like you say, faces made for radio. <laughs> so yeah, Daniel Donato this week, guys. This guy is super talented, and you know, for a younger guy, he's in his early twenties. Has the headspace I wish I would have had in my twenties. Oh yeah, like just gets it to a point that. It's taken me 46 years to figure out. <laughs> yeah, discovered what he wanted to do. Well, you'll hear it. At 12, he discovers what he wants to do, and it's just awesome. What happens at 1? At 1? Yeah, he figured it out at 12. What happens at 1 o'clock? Oh I'm sorry. That was terrible. So, yeah, Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at No Simple Road. Uh, that's where you can find out about news about the show, what episodes are coming out in the weeks and all that stuff. And you guys have been being super cool. A couple of weeks ago, we brought up the whole hashtagging no simple road thing. And Mel was like, hashtag your dogs and your cats and your hamsters and your finger monkeys and all that stuff. And you guys have been doing it and that's cool. Let's keep it coming. So when you post a picture up on Instagram, um, Hashtag No Simple Road, and then it's visible on the website under the family. And then also on that family tab on the website is our newsletter. If you want to dig in deeper with the No Simple Road family and find out info and more stuff about us, I, I like a couple weeks ago I put out some thoughts that I was having to the uh, newsletter community, and you know got some feedback from you guys. And you're kind of my sounding board for ideas I have on the show beyond these guys here with me um yeah so that's something you can do no simple road.com and you click on the family and there's a little sign up thing and you sign up and then you get stuff from me once in a while and we don't blow up your inbox with bs you know it's you'll just get relevant stuff in my rambling thoughts once in a while um what else apple what am i missing i'm missing a lot right now uh patreon yeah patreon.com forward slash no simple road so we have had some new Patreon subscribers, and, you know, it's really fucking cool, guys. Billy L., James H., and Comic Reflections jumped on the bus through Patreon. Yeah. What's up? You guys, man, like Mel has said, a dollar is cute. It's fucking cool, man. It's really... it. I don't even know how to say it anymore. Like, it just is amazing that you guys are helping us out and that you're helping keep the show going and that you're digging what we're doing. And it means a lot. Every dollar counts. And, you know, it's going towards, I don't know, getting more shirts made and stickers and our hosting and all that stuff. So, you know, if you're 
picking up what we're putting down, then that's the way to help us out is head over to patreon.com forward slash no simple road and join the family like that. And then also hair of the wolf on Instagram. If you guys haven't seen that, check that out, man. He, we didn't even ask. And he started drawing a logo for us and dude, that's fucking rad. He has some incredible work. And that's the dude that does like a lot of the work for the Chris Robinson brotherhood. And just his art is, I don't know. It's, it's amazing. You guys got to go check it out. That's hair of the wolf on, um, on Instagram. And then also wicked awesome. So a few weeks ago I posted it on Instagram. He did this skull logo for us and it, I don't know how you actually make a skull look like a person, but he has a knack for doing that. And he did this cool thing, skull thing of all of us and even included Darwin in there, which was rad. And yeah. Named his suits. Wicked awesome. It is. It's fucking wicked (laughs) awesome. So yeah, go check that out. And so let's see. We did the Patreon thing. We did the Instagram thing. We need like to do on Apple. Uh, oh yeah, Apple Podcasts, Google YouTube. Play, YouTube. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Ryder's still working on getting all the um, stuff up on YouTube, and uh, you know you can listen to the episodes there if you're at work and you can't get on Apple Podcasts, or if you you know you're on your laptop and you want to hear it. You can do it like that. So, yeah, smash that like and subscribe button over there on YouTube. And, yeah, I'm going to keep it short and sweet this week, guys, because that's what I feel like doing right now. And, you know, it's all about how you feel. So, yeah. What else? Anything? Well, as everybody knows, we've said it several times. We're now on the Osiris oh, yeah. network. Check out. I've been checking out. I've been checking out uh, some of the other podcasts. I need to listen to them all. You know, we're all part of this group. And uh, Sound Podcast is one I've really been digging lately. Does great interviews. Ira does an awesome job. Ira, Ira, you're you're awesome. I love listening to you talk. You have a soothing voice, and you do do good interviews. Uh, shout out, like it everybody go check it out and also broke down you know we had we had him on a while back and that podcast just continually delivers the way he puts stuff together if you're into listening to music podcasts he dude this he puts together the coolest shows like yeah it's it's amazing i wish that i had the talent to go through all the music like that and put it together or the patience i guess i just listened to the one the other day uh where where he does all it's all new year's shows and it's incredible they're all incredible check check them out and then also uh inside out with turner and seth yeah uh, those guys man they're funny funny couple of bros and they i listened to their um their episode with marcus king and it's super insightful man like yeah, they are not just was, a typical interview show. It's really cool. They're fun. They're, they remind you kind of like us, just two bros hanging out, got a good nature together, and a lot of fun. So, yeah, you can go to OsirisPod.com and check out the whole family of podcasts on there. And it's cool to be part of that network. And that's the larger No Simple Road family. So, yeah, guys. And also, I just want to say, lately we've been getting, like, tons of feedback from you guys, and it's it's amazing if it's it helps me put the show together it keeps me on the level it 
lets us know that what we're doing is reaching you guys and, and it's just beautiful man and I, I appreciate each and every one of you and I, you know all the, the DMs on Instagram and the stuff on Facebook and the emails that we've received like I try and answer all that stuff personally or Justin or Apple or Mel all of us like we try and answer everything so you know if you have an idea for the show that you think would be cool if you have an idea for a, um, a guest that you think we should try and get reach out uh, no simple road at gmail.com and like we always say if you are a listener and want to be on the show and got a story to tell we're still waiting for that too we'd love to have some yeah of you, you know yeah yeah that's a suggestion of a you know musician or something if you got something you want to share we'd love to do those too and you know i know you're out there going to shows and i know you're out there so <laughs> you know if you got a trip report you know, record it on your phone and send it to us, man, and we'll play it on the show. You know, you don't have to say your name. You don't have to give a lot of detail, but just about your experience. Because when we share our experiences, guys, that's how we figure out what the hell is going on and find commonality. And that's how we connect. So that's the deal. So anyway, without further ado, guys, this is an amazing human being. Yep. This kid is super smart. Super, energy. super talented Darwin's barking I give you Daniel Donato all good all good I'm recording go change your pants what Apple your pants are all wet too late you already said it uh, Apple's pants are wet uh huh stop it I told you you before we leave for the podcast you let me know if you have to go potty Apple okay next time I had to go potty well how am I gonna turn this car around it's a it's a porch uh, I'll turn this porch around I think that'd be really cool. Do it. Right you don't now. think I can? Do what if do we... Right Here, eat this. We should do that. And then instead of staring at the trees, we'll stare at the inside of the house. Okay. No, I like the trees. Actually, it's yes, a I really because I'm on the opposite side of you guys, so I'll be able to stare at the trees and you guys stare at the house. It's so a guys. really beautiful morning. I'm ignoring Ryder. It's a really beautiful morning. It's a beautiful right. morning. Exactly. morning. Sing it, baby. Uh, That's all I know. Get it. Turn the mm. car around. Uh, I'll turn this podcast turn into thing. Sing in the morning. Fucking bunch of idiots. Where? Where's that? Where's that bunch of idiots? Sitting right here next to me. What? I'm one of I'm them. I'm right next to you. Right there, over no, there, across. Not sitting next to you. Okay. I'm sitting next to you. I, I I'm refuse a bunch of <laughs> all by myself. <laughs> no. Is that what it is? No. I love you. Wow. You just. That's yeah. messed up. That is We're messed fighting. up. I take it We're back. We're fighting on the podcast. We're going right to fight. Now. And I'm going to have an attitude through the whole interview. <laughs> Give me a throw shade, dude. Don't think. So, Daniel. I know. He just needs no consideration for others. No consideration. Like I know the it, abuse that I have to endure wow. since the show started. Okay, because we're offended. I'm offended. For you. I'm offended for myself for being offended <laughs> of the offense like, that you're oh, offended Lord, with. Did he insult you again? So it's it's now five minutes past when we were supposed to call him. Should we call him? Call him. Yes. Okay. We were waiting on Alex. We're going to call Daniel Donato, guys. And Ooh. oh wait, let's let Alex get in no, get in the said, pool. No. <laughs> are we in a car? or Are we in a pool? Or a yeah. podcast. Car, carpool. A carpool. Yeah, we're in a carpool. Yeah. We I guess we are all on the road together. Mm-hmm. 
So it would be a carpool. Are we yep. feeling bad? Age, you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm not. I need good loving. Me too. Wow. That's that's out there. So what? Right on. You want Come on, wild? Alex, get in the pool. He's doing whatever he wants. Alex just ran away wearing a Wookiee onesie, Darwin's guys. Yelling pursuit. Not pursuit. <laughs> he ran okay. away yelling. You know what? This is fun. Alex is running. I'm going with him. All right, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, maybe we have to cut this part out. I'm not cutting anything out. I'm no, we, leaving. We, we should just call him, though. Call okay, him. I'm going to call him. It's six after. He said it's all good. six after. It's all good. Alex is always late. Here we go. He's off his mark. Alex is off his mark. No, he's not. He's chilling. I can't. Chilling. The thing. But what about Darwin? But what about Darwin? Because we'll like. Good morning, No Simple Road family. It's a really nice day in Portland. It's The sun is actually out and it rained last night and it's nice and cool and we're on the porch. We're not in the basement. Yay. Yeah, it's not that cold. It's no. It's well, it's you can see it's my breath. Cold. It's brisk. It's we're nice. All, we're all bundled. I got gloves and two hoodies and yeah, yeah. it's, it's chill. And yeah, and these green heels. It's tutu that really keeps you warm. It is. Keep it keeps my warm. thighs nice and warm. All right. Here comes Darwin. And hey, let's, let's call Daniel Donato. That's it. That's it. Or don't listen to anything I say ever. That's fine. That's what I'll do. I forgot I was recording. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Hey, Aaron, how's it going? Daniel? Daniel? Yes. Hey, man. Hey, man. How are you, man? What's going on? Oh, not much. Hey, do you... Up oh, there, I can't hear myself anymore. I could hear myself for a second. Yeah, right, I don't like hearing myself. <laughs> good morning, brother. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, man. So there's a bunch of us here with you. It's not just me. Um, what do we got? What's going on in there? Daniel, I'm here. I'm Aaron's wife, Melanie, and I was just stalking you this morning on Instagram and on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. You're a total cutie and such a talent. So thanks for uh, agreeing to be on the show with us. Thank you so much, Melanie. That's so sweet of you. Thank you so much. And this is Apple. I am like Aaron's best friend and Melanie's best friend and live here together with them in Portland. And I'm Oh, that's beautiful. And I'm Ryder. I'm the I'm the nephew. <laughs> I, I sometimes. What a role. I love that role. That yeah. one sounds the that one sounds like the least amount of responsibility. It, it's, it's kind of the best. It's the best. I mean, one. We lean on him a lot, but oh. if we if we had like a business, he would be support services. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's your morning going, man? Um, man, my morning's actually kind of. I really my morning. I, I honestly, I played a show last night in Alabama, and we had to drive back six hours through the night. And um, got home at around 6 a.m. And I just kind of picked up my guitar and just been playing since then, to be honest. Right on. Awesome. Well, you I know, mean, I have to say something because what? I just watched one of those things and um, somebody had asked you, like, do you have time to play guitar every day? And you're like, you have the time that you make. And I loved that. That's freaking yes. awesome. Thank you. Yes, it's very real for me personally. Um, and the older I get. Um, I'm not very old, but having said that, uh, that it rings more true and true every day. Sincerely. How old are you, Daniel? If you don't mind. Uh, I'll be 23 next month. What? Yeah. Okay. 
So let, let's get into this. I, <laughs> I love it. I, I'm, I'm blown away, dude. I, Justin, our producer, introduced me to your Instagram feed and obviously from that, your music. And everybody in this house is a big deadhead. And yeah, I, I man, at 23, just the the level of playing and what's coming out of you is is mind blowing to me. I'm I'm in my mid forties. I'll say that. And, uh, <laughs> just watching talent like that blossom is really fucking cool, man. And I, I'm curious, like, how did it start for you? Was this something that you always wanted to do or, or is it like, you know, you kind of found it by accident or, or what? Yeah, man. Um, my whole life, I've, I've always kind of gotten into things the same way and the longevity of the things um, is where they're all different than music because uh, music's the only thing that really stuck but I got into music the same way I, I, get, I got into everything which is just pretty much head first and just really like finding things of, of certain aspects of, of certain sports I used to wrestle I loved wrestling I used to skateboard they're really good at that but we always just find certain strengths in that and just kind of try to build on those but something about music really stuck and uh the second i picked up a guitar uh at 12 years old i knew that that's what i was going to do until i couldn't do it anymore i can't explain why that's the case but I knew it almost instantaneously. I can I can actually almost like recall the moment, which is kind of weird. Do you, you feel Share like it. you feel like maybe that's like a past life thing? Oh, fascinating! My girlfriend and I talk about that. Man, I've been reading uh, I've been reading uh, something lately, and it, it talks about this thing called a uh, I think it's called a thought adjuster that we all possess, which is a pretty out there concept, but. It's a, it's a part of you that I guess would be part of your soul that's existed on this plane for much longer than you have. It, and it, I think it potentially has been recycled from one body to another, but it's essentially the thing that uh, translates uh, you to the infinite. Um, it's your medium there. And that thing is the thing that you want to try to grow and develop in your lifetime. And I, I would like to think that something... Uh, in me has had some experience in music before or has a link to it somehow because I, I, I'm the more and more I try to explain it, the more and more I get confused personally because oh, I just wow. don't understand why I love music so much. It's it, the more I do it, the more I'm grateful that I can do it and the more I want to do it. It's like a, it's a recycling of energy. Wow. You know, there, there's a, a school of thought, I guess you could call it where, you know, everybody has a a purpose or whatever oh, yeah. they call it the true will you know the thing that that you're meant to do here on this earth and yes, some sir. people some people spend their whole fucking life trying to find that thing and figure out what it is and you're really <clears throat> fortunate at 23 to to have found that and and have the presence of mind and the the guts to go for it and cultivate it and be it you know what i mean like that's you've you've chosen not an easy thing to do 
Yes, no simple highway. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And well, it sounds like he didn't choose it. It sounds like the thug life chose you. You, you didn't choose sure. the thug life. Yes, absolutely. Uh, initially, at first, and then um, there are many times that where I in life uh, where I can recall and still presently, I have to. I just say to myself, you know, I, I trust the music and I trust the sensation. Uh, validity that I get from when I do it that this is what I'm doing and this is what I should be doing uh, for myself for others and probably reasons I don't know yet you know what I mean and uh, that's kind of just the school of thought I'm currently in and who knows where I'll be in a year from now five years from now oh yeah everything everything changes and you build and grow on what you know now and I'll, I'll tell you what what I thought okay. and who I was at 23 is not how I think and who I am now, but that guy is still in here and part of it. You know what I mean? There's just more, more to it. I, I just, I just wonder, man, like, you know, you talk about that feeling that being, you know, doing what you're supposed to do and, and how much you love it. Like I, this may be tough to answer. And if it's just dumb, just tell me, sure. but like, but like when you're up there and you're playing, what's going on? in your head. Cause, cause I know from, from the person that experiences it, what happens for me, you know, yeah. but for you, what's going on? What's in, what's in your head while, while the music's getting played? Yeah, man. Um, I'm assuming you're asking from, uh, from a, a scenario where it's like, a I I classify music where I'm at my career. I have to work music and I also have to play it. I have to do both. Um, and the best user effect is um, when I am getting to play music. Um, and I, I, the thing I can tell you is that it's just the most present-centered awareness of, like, uh, Power Ranger thing that happens. And I think it's just an ultimate coming to the moment. And, and it's like this very sharp focus of where I'm locking in with... Um, my own energy and my own intention of putting something out into the instrument and out into the world. And there's something happening with the audience where that is uh, a mutual collaboration. Right. And it's just a very large feeling. I, I, that's the biggest thing that comes to me is it just gets to be very big. It's, wow. it's very strange. Because it's honestly the most beautiful thing and it's usually a very short-lived thing. It's usually, it, I like to describe it as if a car accident was a like physically pleasurable thing. Wow. It's, like very, it's very quick, uh, but very lasting for me personally. So when you play, you have this, uh, like your demeanor, like it's almost like the notes are like coming at you and your body almost like bends backwards as you play. Like it <laughs> seems like the music is coming at you and then through you. Yes. Is I mean, is that accurate at all, or is it that just like something that I'm making up and I'm, as I'm watching you? It's yeah, totally ideas coming at me. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like this weird math equation. I'm like trying to like always figure out in some way. Um, it usually depends on the music, and it depends on where I am in, in that certain uh, point in my life. But I've been playing music professionally since I was 14. And the, the sensation is pretty much the same, although that my skill has changed vastly since then. And um, my knowledge of 
of, of being a musician has changed vastly, but it's like the same problem and same math problem, quote unquote, and the same energy that I've been dealing with for will be nine years this year. Um, and totally, absolutely. It, it does sincerely come at me. So yeah, you're playing with musicians that are a great deal older than you, right? That's been my whole, uh, thing since I started pretty much. Yeah. Cause I mean, your skill level doesn't, doesn't warrant itself to playing with people in their early twenties. I mean, you're light years past where most 23 year olds would be in their playing. So you're playing with these guys that are older that have been doing that equation for years and years on their own, you know, and then you get on stage with them and it becomes this collective, I guess is the best Mm. metaphor I could use or word for it. You want it to be that. That's, that's, that's totally what you want. And that's, I feel like what the Grateful Dead fans, um, want the most as well. So is the collective. what, what turns you onto the dead? Man, um, the dead for me are like my lighthouse of life. I can listen to the dead any hour of the day. Um, and really receive something so sincerely huge and positive from it. There are moments I'll listen to the dead and I just start, just start just crying. I can't even explain it. Don't have it's, to. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the beautiful thing is that how many, how many just works, you know, music being art. How many works of art can you say? I'll just look at this painting and I'll just start crying at some moments, or, mm. or you know, how many in terms of anything that was created by man. Uh, there's, they really hit on a monument that will be timeless as long as this planet's around and there's humans on it. I sincerely believe. Um, what turned me on to the dead was my father. My father showed me American Beauty right when I first started playing guitar. And Bob Weir's guitar was the first undistorted, clean guitar I'd ever heard in my life. And I remember thinking uh, how much I loved that just clean, dry sound. Uh I remember I thought it sounded like a really just shitty out of tune piano, but like in a beautiful way. Right. Um, and I just always loved American Beauty. And that was like 12 to 17. My mom, and my uncle followed the dead for a number of years, but it, it didn't really hit me until I was around 17. And I had a uh, history teacher uh, in high school, Mr. Ragland, Mr. Mike Rag- Ragland, who's a sincerely great person. And, uh, he knew I played guitar and he had come to see me play at uh, a residency I had in downtown Nashville on Lower Broadway, which is like the main tourist strip uh, for Nashville when you come to visit the city and one you go see live music. Right. And uh, in this band, we played, you know, all the old country western songs. A lot of the material that Bob Weir found inspiration from early on in his musical career a lot of, uh, you know, Marty Robbins, we did El Paso, we did Mama Tribe, uh, Big River, going down that road feeling bad, a lot of country songs. And he took me aside after class one day and gave me uh, three huge binders, uh, outstanding, like, outstandingly large binders, probably 70 plus CDs in each one. All these dead shows. Wow. And he, I remember it to this day. He goes, and he picked out the first one, and, and he gave it to me. And it was my, I remember it being my first point of entry into the dead, which was Dick's Picks Volume 5, live, 
my live point of entry, which is where it really starts to happen. Yeah. If you have the chromosome for it. And he says, you listen to this one first. And then the whole first binder was picked out in order of, uh, based on like his hypothesis of what I would dig. And, uh, Man, I, I still like take CDs from the binder. Like just yesterday, I took one down in the van to, to Alabama to listen to it all the way there. Wow. I've just been obsessed ever since. I, I, think it, I think that experience for you is the same experience that a lot of us had. And that's the reason why we gravitated to the music. You know, that, that moment where you said you have the chromosome for it. For you to be able to say that, it, it blows me away. Alex just looked at me and, like, gave me the wow eyes when you said that. Like, yeah, I, I'll tell you, man, it's yeah. for, for us it's that same thing it's a lighthouse it's a it's a thing that that i go to for inspiration for comfort for uh everything you know and it's weird it, it really does kind of cross over into and i hate to i gotta air quote this but like crosses over into like religious experience almost spiritual experience i guess is a better yes. better way to say it and I, you know, you, you liken music to painting a while back and I heard something yesterday and they, on another podcast and the guy was saying that, you know, artists are conduits to the divine and, yes. and that, you know, uh, when you look at a painting, it's kind of like looking through a window into, into infinity and seeing that divine nature reflected back at us and music is like watching a live painting with sound being done oh what a beautiful statement and i, ne- I never thought of it like that that's so sincerely true and that resonates very largely with me that's uh, that's totally correct absolutely and so so uh, so you have your little finger paintbrushes, is what? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm curious though, what was the thing that made you pick up the guitar? Um, Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> I love that song. I there was I remember hearing it, and I I never really heard an instrument like that before. I the placement of it with the drums. Yeah, and, uh, just the sound of the recording was uh, it was just meant to be when I heard it. It, it just it, it said things to me that I that I'm still it, it domino effect and, and I'm still figuring out today. Um, I just loved that fucking song. I would listen to it just the song as I hear a lot of song uh, uh, musicians and songwriters uh, both not saying those are two separate things but they are in some way that's kind of a similar thing is there's one song and they get into it um and that's how it was for me uh also guitar hero uh you know i was born in 1995 so like generationally how people are going to get into music and listen to music and, and create it and share it and have commerce with it is going to change from generation to generation so that was a huge conduit to my uh, point of entry into music was uh, the video game aspect of it and listening to all the music that I'd never heard before on there, like Pantera, uh, Black Sabbath, uh, Rush, Led Zeppelin, huge for me. 
um, yeah. bands like that uh, that I would never have listened to before. And that was from 12 to 14, and then I got into country music. And that's when the rabbit hole started. I, you know, I'm a dad, and one of the things that you hear as a parent and that it is out there so big is like, kids play too much video games and, you know, video <laughs> game. Well, for all of you out there that think fucking video games are bad, man, take a look here. Thank God for Guitar Hero, shit. <laughs> yeah, I should at least get like what? Two hundred fifty grand for that endorsement? At least. <laughs> at least. We'll send the email after the show. Actually, like a Prius or something. I don't know. <laughs> so Daniel, um, talk about uh, Cosmic Country. Cosmic Country is uh, an approach to it's me trying to put something that uh, it's me trying to put my approach and experience in the music into like uh, into a slogan esque uh, identifiable thing. I, I kind of want that to represent what I'm trying to do with my music. Um, Cosmic Country essentially is just me trying to combine my love for country music, which I've always played and, and obsessed with, and is the music I uh, naturally write with, and then and jam music, but really just uh, like Grateful Dead based jam, which is the main branch of that tree that speaks, that has the most emotional reality for me. Um, in, in simple, in layman's terms, that's kind of what I'm trying to do with Cosmic Country. How, how did it come together? Like, did you pick the people that you're playing with or were they brought to you or... How did, yeah. it, how did it come together? It's such a new endeavor. I, I only started writing and singing uh, right after Thanksgiving of 16. And um, I I didn't really do any touring at all last year. I just wanted to stay home and write songs and uh, get better at singing and pick up just residencies in town so I could pay my bills. And the idea of uh, having to book shows on your own uh, as a musician in Nashville can be a pretty daunting thing. Um, so I really wanted to come up with a way to just market myself and really just, if I could give someone something simple to understand before hearing me play, um, such as Cosmic Country, I would think that that term would stick with them. What I was doing would make sense to them as to why I called it that, and I would get more gigs. And sure enough, it, it's worked. Um and I'm just trying to develop that more and more, but it's a really new endeavor. It's, it's not even two years old. So you created your own PR. Your own brand. Yes, absolutely. That's pretty awesome, Daniel, yeah, because you. you guys, okay, so your generation, we have a daughter who was also born in 95, and she's doing amazing things, and, and a lot of kids, or I'm sorry, young adults your age, are doing things that parents age are really scared to do and you're doing it so effortlessly like do you even think about like a failure aspect or do you just keep going oh yes uh you have to think about failure and i also deal with failure all the time so uh the, the more i think about it is usually from the product of having to uh, face it more um i face failure on a daily basis and i also face success on a daily basis and I just try to learn to love both and see the oh my God. strengths of both. Wow. Wow. That's 
I feel like you're you're a grown adult, you know? Well, like, he is. He's well, 20 I years just, old. What was that? I'm actually 47. I yeah, feel, it sounds yeah. like it. Yeah, Daniel. In a, that's that lucky thing that everybody always wants. Like, you want to be older in a young body. <laughs> You've got it, Enjoy man. the ride, man. Thank you. I'm trying to not get old, though. I notice a lot of people, a lot of friends my age, like, start saying things that uh, just kind of stop. Like, my favorite musicians, that was their whole thing, is that uh, there's youth. And that's the ultimate thing with the dead is is the youth and the playfulness, and yeah. that certainly they proved is an energy, um, especially Bob. I feel like the most yeah. so. Uh, like he still like does the same thing. He says plays the same songs, um, and of course his craft has changed and his his sword has sharpened with wisdom, whatever, right? But. He does the same thing, and he still probably has the time of his life doing it. I would at least hope to think so. Um, and that's kind of something I want to maintain is um, uh, gaining knowledge and wisdom but not losing youth in playfulness. You're right. Youth does not need to be lost because of age. Yeah. Just remember that. Yeah, you, you're going to get older, but you don't have to grow up. That's yes, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I tell you that we started the podcast – uh, about seven months ago and it's it's changed it's changed the game for all of us it's it's a it's really amazing what it's done and one of the things that i've found through this is follow the fun man like yeah. when i'm when i'm having fun it's there's no effort to it anymore and it's just natural and it's that true will thing i was talking about earlier like i found my special purpose like <laughs> i i know what i i know what i'm supposed to be doing and it it just happens effortlessly and watching you play it it's it's really evident that that's the case man i mean I, so the guys is is cosmic twang or cosmic um country uh uh a standard group of musicians or do you have a, a, like a rotating group coming through that's playing with you? I have yet to solidify a hundred percent set and stone group. Um, I'm actually working on that uh, with this new team. I'm going to, I'm, I'm trying, I'm putting together um, like management and booking so I can further this world more. Um, right now it's just a Rolodex of revolving doors that, that are just like efficient enough to pull off the gig and, and understand where where I want to go and in the songs and, and, and all that good stuff. I think I think with somebody like you and if you have people coming through that you're playing with, I think at some point there's gonna come, you know, the drummer that you're like, I got to play with this guy. And then the bass player, like, oh, shit, I need this. And you guys will click and it'll just organically happen for you. That's what I think. You know, well, I mean, what do I know? But that's what I see. I always yearned for that scenario, too. And I, I always find that those scenarios are the most um, scenarios of when you're playing with musicians that you've played with um, many times before and you've played the material many times. That is when music really it can be most played quote unquote and you you start to get it's like the hot hot cold thing you start to get colder not not necessarily saying colder is bad um because you have to be a professional musician you have to do gigs and learn how to work in environments you don't like 
but usually when it's like a group of musicians and the songs aren't very well known and you don't really know each other as people and you don't really know each other musically at all, having said that, um, that's when you work music, I feel the most. Um, playing music really is the most rewarding sensation uh, for me personally. And having like a, a tenure of relationship with the material and the musicians having played the material, I think is uh uh, completely unnecessary is the word I'm trying to look for. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you have that professional aspect where you can do the thing, you know, play the music. But when you have a connection with the people that you're playing with and mm. you have shared experience and you have history, yeah. then then it adds a richness to your sound that wouldn't otherwise be in the mix because you're playing through shared experience instead of just playing the song. Totally. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Can you get that better myself? Oh, I, I want to shift this because <laughs> Daniel, like I am so proud of you. I'm not your mom or anything. But, you. Like if I were your mom, I would be squeezing you up every day and like, Oh my <laughs> God, this is my little baby boy. Like how, yeah, man, how are your, like of course your dad has to be one of your biggest fans for like you know introducing you but like how are how is your your family taking all of this yes my parents are uh the most supportive people i have in my life Mm -hmm. uh my mom and father both um my dad's always been uh he he you know he drove when i first started busking on the street for tips my dad drove me and you know stood on the other side of the street to make sure that no homeless people or, or just, Aww. you know, jackass tourists would like take my singles for my guitar. <laughs> um, so he's been helping me out since day one. Um, my mom as well, of course. Uh, my parents, uh, at times, um, believe in me more than I do, which is a good thing. And, uh, I think that's very necessary. Yeah. That's just my experience. Oh, you know how, so, at 23, I can think back to when I, I was 23, I was a, a flailer and out of control, had no idea what I was doing. And not to mention trying to deal with growing up and responsibility and relationships and work and all the stuff that goes into transitioning from being a teen to a, a young adult and all that stuff. Like, how is the measure of success that you're that you're seeing affecting you man i don't think i've uh ever satisfied with where i am in my career and it it could be a handicap at certain moments um so having said that i I just i try to be as grateful as i can um cognizantly so i really try to like spend uh when i have time alone to really think on things that I'm grateful for. And I really try to dig, and and I usually find several layers of things I would not have thought of otherwise. And that really helps me deal with um, things I am successful with and endeavors where I went to go swing and I hit it, and then endeavors when when I I miss. Um, Yes. I hope that's a solid answer. No, man. Yeah, that's super solid. I... (laughs) I can't imagine where my head would have been at. And, you know, when you've got people, you know, 
follow, you know, so many followers on Instagram and people coming, traveling to see your shows and, you know, all that. It's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be mind blowing. It really, it speaks to the vastness of the music. It really does. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a language that we all can come together around and, you know, find common ground and we don't actually have to all be from the like same quote unquote country, but the music speaks volumes all by itself. And I, I think like somebody like you, you're like a natural interpreter for that thing. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Hey, so what kind of, um, if any, what kind of preparation do you do before a show? Like you just kind of like get there by the skin of your teeth and jump on. Do you have like some kind of meditation? Do you like have a little. (laughs) So it's changed throughout my career. I've yet to reach the success of like, I imagine that like the people in Dead Co. have, where it's like you have, you get to the gig the day before and your shit's all set up for you. And like. I can't even, I try to actually sit down sometimes and imagine how great that is to kind of feel what that feels like and pretend that I have that in my reality. But my reality in music so far has been so beautifully blue collar and just so trying. Um, and it really reflects, I feel, on the ritual of, of what you do before the show. I feel like that's a great way to like determine the tier of success you have as a musician. Uh, what happens before the show, what you have to do, and then also how you get to the show are two things I always tell people who aren't in the music business. Like I try to describe to them my level of success through that medium. Um, so like yesterday was a perfect example. Like uh, I rehearsed with a group of musicians for a 90-minute set the, the day before the set. Um we left Nashville around 9 a.m. in a van that I rented. We, I loaded up the van myself to, with the musicians, loaded up all my merch, and we drove like six hours to get to the gig. Uh, got stuck in traffic along the way and uh, got to the gig about an hour before we were supposed to go on. So we load our, we load our stuff on and we load in the vehicle ourselves. Like we have to, like we don't have people driving it for us. So like, I'm like calling people and, and trying to figure out uh, where to park in a street festival and, and all that jazz and, and deal with this organization and just adapt. So we load in at around 5:30. We're supposed to go in at 6:30, and uh, you usually don't have like a green room. I usually just have like a, a storage room, and a green room is like where you hang out and like you can have your space. If you're really successful, you get your own green room and then like the production office gets a green room and like your tech is out there like getting everything ready for you. For me personally, I just kind of have like a storage space, which is like in the back of this restaurant next to the stage. And like, uh, like, like, like literally next to the kitchen and I like 10 minutes before we played someone like still minestrone soup all over my suitcase. What? <laughs> which was a, which is a terrible bummer. But I tried to um, do like transcendental meditation for about 10 minutes before the show if I can. Uh, and I like to hold a guitar. I don't like to play it. I like to just hold it for a couple minutes. Uh, and I also do vocal warm-ups. Mm, I love that answer. My God. So even... Think about this. Even with all of your amazing natural talent and ability, you still have to earn it. 
Oh, it's beautiful because I, I think it relates to the validity of how much I will appreciate it. Yeah, they think about okay. that day where you get to walk up and you know, be that like John Mayer-esque type status where they know how you like the sound. They know which guitars you want to play. They know what where you like to stand. And here you go. Just walk out and take your stuff. But until then, you need to let, load that van, young lad, and get your butt in there and wipe that minestrone soup off your case and get on there. It's such a beautiful thing. It I mean, is. Hindsight really allows for the beauty to, to, to be more highlighted personally for me. Um, that's where I'm at right now in life in terms of in transitioning from um, one stage to another is really like I find a lot of if you can take the power in the moment to not be affected by those things that's where a next step is taken but hindsight really allows for those moments to be more clear to me and understand just the beauty of that but I think about it literally every time I step on stage literally every single time is how much I'd love to just worry about playing the guitar you know you, you know what though i think because of your mindset and because of your work ethic behind what you're doing that that stuff is inevitable for you that means the world that yeah it, i mean having the experience of just living longer than you being on the planet a little bit longer than you that's what i see is the key to like making the things that you want to happen happen is having integrity with yourself behind the work that you do and mm -hmm. moving towards it in a thoughtful, meaningful, intentional way mm -hmm. and, and still being grateful for the little setbacks along the way that make it, that are going to make it so much sweeter when it finally does happen for you. Oh, that's astounding. Uh, wisdom. I appreciate that so sincerely much. I, I, that resonates very truly with me. I love that. Thanks, man. I, I for for me, like watching it happen is one of my greatest joys. <laughs> as I get older, like seeing dudes like you, where I just know, like, okay, this cat's gonna be around when I'm old and gray. Like, wow. and, and and getting to see the beginning of it is one of the most like exciting things for me. And yeah. it, what do you, what do you want to have happen? Like, obviously, you know, I'd love to have a hit single and you know, whatever. I would. I'd like to have a, I'd like to have a hit single in this new Americana, uh, country thing that's happening. Like that's, that, that's like the Trojan horse of like this, like, quote-unquote real when i say real i mean holds emotional reality for me um people like jason isbell chris stapleton sturgill simpson Sturgill, Margaret yeah Price, those are all cats that are kind of leading this thing um they're at the right place at the right time and the right demographic is there and i really want to be successful in that field uh i really want to be aside from mayor because any guitar player who who's my age, let alone just playing guitar uh, with their life right now. I mean, how can you not be a fan of the man's just sincere genius? Yeah. Um, aside from him, there really isn't anyone else. Uh, so I really want to, I really want to take that. It's like, I just told, uh, the thing I'm telling people is I really just want to kind of be like the Hendrix thing 
uh, this like this new Americana scene. That's really what I want to do. Is I want everyone who listens to that music to to know me and think of me to be the guitar player that that does it for them, for this generation. That's really what I would love. Uh, I want to be get want to write better songs. I really want to learn how to write songs that feel the same as um, the same feeling I get when I play my guitar. It's that simple. Wow. Um, and man. If I'm speaking just in total terms of grandeur, you know, like if I if I could go to like the universe of like equivalent of like Hertz and like rent a dream or something, <laughs> I really would like to play uh, Grateful Dead songs with John Mayer and that and like and uh, whatever happens with dead and company in some fashion because you know like it could be end up future like in the future be like a rat dog thing or where one of them goes off and does the music and it, it stops for a minute i don't really know but bob weir has just been one of my favorite guitar players i was learning his 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 chords and everything before i even knew his name for like two years and i i just i love him and uh whatever happens when he when there needs to be new involvement uh, in terms of that end for that sound, I would love to be uh, the, the right time and place fall into my chronological time of living. I would love for that to happen. If, if I could, would it, if that makes sense, that statement. Yeah, yeah that, it sense. seems like that's kind of like already what's happening, to be honest. That would be... Right? Like, Do you not, not kind of see that yourself? Um, I, yeah, I think I get what they're trying to do. Like, I get it now with, like, because I went and saw them on their first tour. I went and saw, like, three shows. That's what I was going to just ask you, too, Daniel, about your concert-going experiences. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, just in general, or? Well, just like, okay, like like you just said, you said this whole thing about, you know, like, wanting to be, you know, like, uh, you know, for lack of better terms, like Jack, a John Mayer type, but like, so when you go, kind to, yeah, kind of, loosely. He wants yeah. to do what he's doing. Yeah, similar, yeah. similar type of path, but your own. So like, when I'm you're. just not that tall and handsome. So I think <laughs> oh, you're handsome. I saw you. You're totally a cutie. Thank you. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, but what, what I'm saying is like, so when you go to a concert, is it like a little bit of work, a little bit of pleasure? Like, how are you seeing it when you go there? You know what I mean? Because like if somebody's going to like a, a concert, but is a really great musician, their ears are tuned a little bit differently than just the person that's going to listen. I have to tell you that um, the real effect of the concert usually happens to me about 30 minutes in to the viewing experience and listening experience. I, you know, actually uh, the overall sensory experience, because it'll be, uh, as David Byrne talks about, um, the self-awareness of a musician, it's like when you play a venue, like the venue's playing to your audience and the bartenders are playing to your audience and everything's affecting your audience. Yeah. And you have to be aware of, of all those things and... I think the awareness itself, not trying to compensate in, in any way of way that'll spread yourself thin, but just being aware of how many things are affecting your audience, the light, the, the time of day, are they standing, are they sitting, did the person next to them bathe, uh, things like that. <laughs> like, uh, everything affects them. Um, I think that, uh, for me as a performer, is uh, a, a great part of my response to my concert going experience. But uh, in terms of an actual concert goer, 
Um, it usually hits me about 30 minutes after I go and see. And because the first 30 minutes, it's because I'm so young and I'm just pretty competitive. I'm usually just kind of screwed by this ego thing of like, why is this not me? Oh, <laughs> Which I'm really happy uh, to possess that. But I'm happy to be able to say that out loud. Yeah, <laughs> man. That's but super you know what? Cool that kind that. of stuff that you say like that. OK, you, you say it out loud. Those things help to like get you through it, past it, over it. Yes, I think so. Acknowledging think so. acknowledging the demon and turning and facing him and going, "Hey, you're just a little whatever." Yes. Let's move on. I just think, man, just get like give me like let me up there. Like give me, give me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you guys. But yeah. that but that did happen, didn't it? Didn't that like I was watching an interview and I can't recall of exactly what it, the terms was, but it was when you got to play when you were 14 years old, somebody came up to you and just said, "Hey, you look like a musician. You want to come play?" That was my first time ever playing on stage. Yeah, so that did happen to you and your very first time. That's <laughs> very telling of of your future self. <laughs> I remember it clear as day. Uh, I, I remember every single thing about that moment. Um, and I remember being really scared and uh, getting up on the stage and picking up a Telecaster. It was the first time I ever had a, held a Telecaster, which is my medium. And um, we played Old Time Rock and Roll by Bob Seger, <laughs> which I only remembered from that movie that has the underwear Scene. Oh, oh uh, yeah. Risky, risky yeah. business. Is that Boogie Nights? Is that that movie? No, it's no. Ris- Risky Business with uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Boogie Nights is oh, Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Similar, I guess, kind of similar. I don't well, really know. No, but it, it is. It's your general. It, Boogie Nights is a lot uh, younger yeah. than, <laughs> than the Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> Yeah, there's my. I just gave you guys the litmus test. <laughs> That's all right. We knew. We knew before. So we what played it, that song, and we also played just a blues song. And I just loved. I remember thinking, I I loved uh, an amp. I remember saying, "Oh, this is why amps exist." Because I never played on stage before. But either you, of course, you have a guitar amp when you play electric guitar, because otherwise, all the sonic qualities of the instrument are vastly inaudible. Um, so uh, I remember saying, "This is why amps exist, so you can, so people can hear what you're doing." And and since then, I've just kind of just been obsessed with playing on stage, and I get very itchy and sometimes depressed when I don't do it for for long periods. Wow, I, I just <laughs> I can't imagine being 14 and having that moment of realization like that. Like, this is what I want to do forever and ever. I've been looking for that for 46 years, man. Uh, only thing I found like that was when I went to my first Grateful Dead concert, I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Hell yes. And man, I get really bummed. I get legitimately really sad all the times when I turn on their music and I know I won't be able to truly relate to that statement 100%. Um, oh, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. I, because I'll tell you Have what, Have you ever man, reached out to them? I'll tell you what, Daniel... Yeah. I was there, you know, in the 80s in the scene and all that and mm. it's it's not the same people doing it now, but it's the same energy. The wow, same really? the, yeah, that's man. It's the same energy, it's the same vibration, it's the same group mind, it's the same 
experience. It's not the same person doing it, but the thing is there and even more alive and refined and grown up and stronger than it was then. That is everything to me. Be, that's astoundingly so huge. You didn't miss that's shit. The, that's the whole thing about the dead man is that it's the it's just players who can take the audience there with those songs. So think about this. Think about like so the dead started back in in the sixties, right? And when they started, they were Pigpen was in the band and Jerry and and Bobby and and Billy and that was it and Phil and oh yeah and Phil sorry and then Pig passed away so it yes. changed and then that keyboardist left the group and Donna and Keith joined and then they left and it changed and Brent came on and then Brent passed and on and on through through the years down this road right and and then also not to interrupt you sorry, no 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 continue go ahead in that hiatus they took the solo music you know Jerry pursuing JGB right and Bobby releasing Ace that totally changed the band set too like of all the all the new material they took into that and then bringing uh, Keith and Donna into those songs. Uh, just the set list difference from the late 70s onward uh, from that solo hiatus that they took. I think it was like three years. Right. That, that was huge. Just the uh, the band was meant to be... Uh, Evolve. Evolved. Yeah, and, and so it's something that, that has... It's never stopped. The music never stops. You know what I'm saying? It really doesn't. That's a that's a real thing. Pun intended. Yeah, and and it, it's continuing and it's gone on. And what happened in in 2015 with Fare Thee Well was, in a lot of ways, a rebirth. Not that it had died, but it was like a, a uh, I don't know what the word is, but it 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 came back out of the underground. It was renewed. Yeah, a renewal. That's a good yeah. good way to put it. And. So now, dudes like you that get it, that want it, you should never feel like you missed anything. What what you're talking about is is Jerry's influence, and that's alive. It's recorded, and not to sound like a weirdo, but he's there at every show, man. Oh, sincerely, man. Absolutely. You want to talk, you know, talking about those fairly well sheds, like the Santa Clara thing, or was that San Francisco? I think. No, it was Santa Clara. And the, I mean, that, that thing was beautiful. I almost, I almost uh, had tears when I saw that after seeing that on social media the next day. The rainbows. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so there, this whole like little mini conversation proves a point. <laughs> like you are just, again, doing the work that it takes for you to get exactly where you want to be to influence this next, your generation and your, the generation that you, you guys will be bringing into the world. And that's a freaking amazing thing. That would be, um, if I could be able to use my life to serve that purpose. I can't musically um, do my own music and be able to participate in the Grateful Dead universe. Uh, I honestly can't think of anything right now that I would rather do with, with my time here. That would be the highest award I'd, I'd ever received. It would be the gift of my life, I really think. 
Well, I have to say one thing, too, because this was definitely a blessing to me um, this morning. Aaron's like, we've got this interview. And I'm like, who is it again? And he was like, look him up on Instagram right now. And I did. And the very first thing I saw was just one of the I think it was maybe like one of your tutorials. And it was just your fingers. And you were just like literally like we're talking about little mini paintbrushes that's what like it did almost make me cry and that's why I was like trolling you this morning because I was like okay that's super rad let's see what else so now you're like teaching music so you're one you're giving back two you're performing it so now you're giving back again and three like you say that you're constantly playing your music so you're giving back to yourself like it seems to me like you're doing exactly what you say you want to be doing in the future you just are seeing it differently well he's got to see it like that in order to continue moving forward yeah Yes. Well, I'm absolutely. just here to give you another perspective, buddy. That's it. Aren't we all, though? Yes. Yes, we are. That's why, like, well, thank you, one, for doing the interview, too. Thank you for those little paintbrushes. Wow. That's huge. Thank you so much. That's so, that's, that's huge for me. Thank you. Well, you know, like, you're my daughter's age, and I have a... The mom is coming I out. do. I have, like, a love for your guys' generation so much. And every time I meet somebody, especially when they're 22, 23, my daughter will be 23 this year, like, I just instantly have, like, a magnet love for you guys and just want you to excel and succeed and do great and think about yourselves as you truly are. Like, you are the kings, queens, princes, princes, dukes of this next generation. So whatever task you take on, take it on, like all of it well and just hyper focus on that because it's inspiring right now you don't even need to wait till you're 40 wow wow right and that's everything and coming from me like i feel like this thing that has shaped and molded my whole life and has been such a huge influence on who i am and what i do and the way i move in the world like I feel like it's in such good hands with people like you to care for it and to you, you understand it on a visceral level. Mm. It's part of who you are. It's in your DNA. And so having caretakers like you to move this thing forward into future to whatever it is, I feel like it's in good hands and I can just sit back and watch it all happen now and enjoy it and enjoy it and not, not think this is going to be the last time I'm ever going to see this kind of thing done. Uh, uh, uh." No, man, this is going on forever because of you, because of people like you. Wow, man. I mean, that's one of the most rewarding things, uh, compliment wise I could hear. That's, that's from both of you. I mean, thank you so much. Well, that's real shit right yeah, there, man. That's, we feel that's it. Not, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. That's for real. Thank you. That's so kind. That's so kind. Sincerely. Right on, Daniel. I appreciate you taking time with us. I know you got a lot of shit Let, to get to, to do today. I wanted to ask one thing real What's quick. What's up? Yeah. Melanie touched on it for a second. Like, living where you live at, man, in Nashville, Tennessee, so oh, yeah. steeped in history and music and everything. What, like, she asked, like, what are kind of your concert experiences there? And said, so do you do you make it out? Do you have time to make it out to see a lot of live music and stuff? And just, yes. just how is living in Nashville to you kind of is my question. Yes. I think Nashville, when people, yes, man. Uh, I don't look at Nashville as immersed so much in history as it's just immersed in the nature of music and how history plays into the nature of music. 
so much because the thing about Nashville is that it's constantly changing. Uh, there's always like physically, there's constantly new venues being built, new musicians, new trends, um, just new variables that affect the user experience. And um, I try to make it out. It, it, I play usually when I'm not on the road, uh, two to three times a week out, and I try to see at least one show um, weekly. I, I do tend to love to go see uh, bands in smaller venues, um, but my favorite venue in the whole world that I've been to so far is the Ryman Auditorium. Yeah. Um, so whenever I can go see a show at the Ryman, uh, <laughs> I, I do. I, I used to play at a bar that leads directly uh, into the back of the Ryman from the back door of the bar through an alleyway, which is a pretty infamous alleyway where a lot of like shady music business scenes have happened and uh the security guard at the Ryman used to just let me in and go see whoever was playing and so I've been there countless times since I was in the bars playing for tips at 16 and I just get the best sensation ever going there and, and hanging out there that's awesome <laughs> yeah who are you going to see who, who have you seen lately yeah, uh, David Rawlings, Gillian Welch is someone who I saw. Uh, I went and saw Jason Isbell's really like uh, infamous run. He did a six nights sold out the Ryman. Holy shit! Uh, Thirty-two hundred tickets a night. Uh, wow. Six nights in a row, he sold it out. I mean, that is like a to witness that was something very special. Um, I go see guitar players too, but less and less. Like Jack Pearson, um, who's a Nashville guitar player. Um, uh, just well-known local musician. And then I like to go see songwriters who I don't really know. Because uh, the songwriting thing um, I, I got into uh, a little over a year ago. And um, that's kind of where my main focus of energy is put into is trying to get better at songwriting. So that's what I go see a lot. Like songwriting rounds and, and shit like that. Have, have you seen Sturgill live? Yes, Sturgill uh, was the first time I ever cried at a show. Oh, awesome. what what song? What song hit you? I gotta know. Uh, the song was "Long White Line." And oh it, shit! It was the first verse, and they jammed for a minute before they started. And the best seats in the Ryman are in, uh, row A, row one, or you know, um, I, I I think it's A one uh, on the balcony of the Ryman. Seat one, row A, sorry. And if you get seats one, two, and three, those are the best seats in the house. And we got the those seats in the house that night. Oh, and wow. I remember they jammed for a minute, and then he started singing. And uh, I just broke down into tears. It, it, he's, one, he's my main musical influence in terms of writing, is Sergio. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I had been turned on to him a about a year ago actually I got on the bus with him super late and uh, I liked it and it was great music but it never like hit that place with me that like the dead hit and then on New Year's Eve this year we were at home and we were out of our minds and I just had music playing in the kitchen randomly and I hear this like backwards guitar coming from the kitchen I'm sitting on the couch in my living room and I'm like what the hell is that and I kind of stumble all bleary eyed into the kitchen and it's it ain't all flowers oh yeah 
and I lost my shit. I went and I grabbed Ryder and Alex. I was like, you guys need to come in here and hear this right now. It blew my mind. And that, that was the moment when I was like, Oh, I get what he's doing. It was awesome. He's amazing, man. So having mentors like that for you and people, I can't wait to see what you do, man. Oh shit. (laughs) We're excited about you, Daniel. Yeah, man. Super excited. Yeah. <laughs> this so I, community is the uh, the most like the most welcoming and and like higher group of uh, fans I've ever been I've ever, I've had the opportunity to interact with um the the dead thing and I just love the energy like to me it's just all energy man it's yeah. like that is it's yeah, so be, sincere be you guys are just the, yeah. the perfect um definition of like of, of, at least for me from my experience just things you guys say how complimentary you are and the communication it's it's just there's no one else i'd rather play music to oh uh, we appreciate awesome. it we're, we're gonna give it back man yeah, i thanks. promise so when whenever you get out to portland i mean you really have a home i want you to know that like oh, sincerely that. like seen, uh, a series out there producing <gasps> carrie brownstein Is- uh Okay. From, uh, from Portlandia. From, from Portlandia, yeah. Yes, and she she's also had a pretty good career as a musician. Yeah, and, it was a uh, Riley, uh, her band. Oh. Yes. Sleater Sleater Kit. Yeah, Sleater Kenny. Yes. So she's gonna be out there in May. So I was actually gonna come out there in May. So oh my gosh, could, let's do when it. When you come out, man, <laughs> we'll exchange uh, numbers after we're done here. Let's do it, Daniel. We'll show you a good time, make you a beautiful family dinner for you and your girl, and it would it'll be great. We'd love to do that if you have time for it, of course. Absolutely, of course, absolutely. Right on, man. Well, I just want to say that we're honored to have you on No Simple Road, dude, and I'm really excited to see what the future holds for you it's it's fucking cool as shit thank you man the honor is all mine sincerely i love to see cosmic country grow thank you so much daniel thank you i appreciate it all right brother have a good day all right thank you well every day the stage is set morning and night the lights must keep shining bright my blood is still boiling my wheels are still turning the clock keeps on singing the sweet lullaby
Thanks for listening. No Simple Road is proud to be a part of the Osiris podcasting family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts, connecting music fans like you with conversation, commentary, and music. Check out osirispod.com, one word, to check out our family of podcasts. Osiris partners with Relics Magazine. Check out relics.com for music news. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. tell you about the april may 2023 issue of relics magazine features a dave matthews band cover story with additional articles and interviews with the national graham nash wayne shorter alo ivan neville our friend eric krasno and stanton moore marty stewart and much more check out the latest version of relics and subscribe now at relics.com dmb thanks relics this is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network.
Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.